0: Hello, my friends, this is Bishop Campbell welcoming you again to a short meditation on the theme of living the Catholic life. As you know, we are now experiencing the passing of winter. To many, this is greeted with alleluias, if I may say that word while it's still Lent. But for others, there is a kind of challenge to this passing. Most people welcome the uh, passing of winter, or at least that's the common uh, report, especially after a winter that has been hard, with the grayness, the sometimes bone-chilling cold, the short days and the long nights. And sometimes it's a winter, if it's particularly severe, that is made bearable only by the interruption of the celebration of Christmas. I remember a line that has become rather famous from C.S. Lewis's The Chronicles of Narnia, in which he speaks of the, the deadened, icy reign of this queen in Narnia that had blotted out most of the light And C.S. Lewis describes Narnia under the control of that Queen of Ice as always winter and never Christmas. And for some people, even with the celebration of Christmas, it makes winter no less challenging. Now, of course, when I think of so many of these ways by which we experience winter, it was at a time when people's vacations always occurred in the summer. The summer was vacation time, of course, nowadays, with the ease of travel and the, the greater economy. We often take breaks from the, this winter by going south or to the southwest. But even when the winter is not particularly severe, where there's more rain than snow, With perhaps a few patches of ice. There are certain reliefs when the days become warmer and brighter. I remember when I lived in Minnesota where, in fact, they really uh, uh, could observe winter. In fact, sometimes they embraced it. There were elements of joy, especially after a heavy snowstorm, when there was a brilliant day of sunshine and blue sky, even though, of course, this meant that it was probably very cold outside, but that sun was so bright, it created a kind of, of magic in the world, as long as you stayed indoors. But even after I got used to the uh, winter months, and, and to a certain extent even rejoiced in them, I was looking toward the end of winter when I would see the first crocuses breaking through what was left of the snow. And I thought of how that end of winter brings its own particular challenge, because it can be a dreary time with dirty, melting snow revealing things that we had long buried under the blanket of snow. And after all the snow had melted, we look out and we realize there is a cleanup job waiting for us uh, there. And I think of the very beginning of T.S. Eliot's uh, poem, The Wasteland, that contains some very well-known lines. April is the cruelest month, he writes, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. Winter kept us warm, covering earth in forgetful snow, feeding a little life with dried tubers. It's a kind of surprising, uh, and especially to say that April is the cruelest month. Because what Eliot has tapped into is sometimes a willingness to endure the darkness simply because it allows us to forget. It uh, allows us simply to be out of the way of responsibilities. Uh, It encloses us. And some people rather like that somnambulant life without challenge, without really desire, But long comes spring and shakes our complacencies. Even though some resist the challenge of new life and the demands that it may call upon us, the spring shakes us out of that sleep of winter. And of course, as the winter passes, there are things we have to clean up. And I think that to a certain extent, this becomes a symbol for the meaning of Lent, passing from the cold and the dark into new life and light. And sometimes this can be hard work, especially breaking old habits, reorienting our conception of what it means to live a good life rather than a life of goods. And it is a realization in Lent that there is going to be a requirement to clear away the debris once buried and now revealed. Those aspects of our life that do not represent the best of us and certainly do not represent a deep and authentic Christ life. And clearing this away, which is the great opportunity of Lent, We come in remembering the life to which we are called by embracing this new life, especially remembering that in the passion and suffering and death of Jesus Christ, we have a profound promise of God's love for us, for his mercy and forgiveness, for that desire on the part of God that we live and not die. And in that realization of that profound gift of life and in the vision of glory that is open to us in the new life of the resurrection, we take on that work of rebuilding and refurbishing. There is a great mixture of memory and desire of which T.S. Eliot reminds us. There is that memory that startles us of the passion and death, of the cost of our redemption. But there's also the memory of the power of the resurrection that encourages us a greater and greater desire for the life that it promises. My friends, nature will always continue its round of seasons. Sometimes encouraging our desire sometimes frustrating them, but it continues on its path. We cannot resist that round of seasons, but we can embrace the opportunities this round of seasons presents to us. And in our Lent, grasp the reality that Christ is open for us go over to those moments of grace that allow us to see both that which we must change and that which we must embrace. And throughout this, praise God for the joy that he will grant us as we participate in the death and resurrection of Christ, of new life and that life forever.